who aren't heterosexual, people who don't experience sexual attraction do face discrimination. They do face prejudice. And there's <laughs> lots of proof of that. Yeah. And that is one of the main arguments for including these people, because when there is a need for a supportive community for people who experience on some fundamental level discrimination for the way they feel romantic sexual romantic or sexual attraction or don't or the way that they experience gender or don't then they need a community there's a need so there really is kind of a need to include asexual and aromantic people in this community it really just comes down to whether or not the word queer can be used and queer is at this point using the word queer is more of a symbol whether or not you have your queer bad, are you queer? Because a lot of people, again, use the queer community to mean LGBTQIA. Hello and welcome to the KMX like Octopus Podcast. We do this podcast with our own. What is up? This is Cosmo here. Along with Tracy. From the Geometric Octopus Podcast. We are about to shroud your ears in the greatest conversations you have ever heard. Or not. That is up for you to decide. Trigger warnings for this episode include... Ostracization. Homophobia. Transphobia. Suicide and self-endangerment. Sexual abuse. And violence against people of the LGBT community. So please be a responsible listener. The array of topics we discuss in this episode is rather wide. So we hope to revisit some of the material again in another episode. This is episode 7. Gatekeeping and a word on Leela Alcorn. Congratulations, you yeah. are not transphobic. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably not. If you've gotten to this point in the episode, you're probably not transphobic because... Explicitly. Yeah, because, dude, in the first episode, I say, my name's Anne, I say that I'm a girl, I 
um, I am a trans woman, and I realize that at this point in time, my voice does sound, most of the time, very masculine. Um, and I'm working to correct that. Oh, that's a good, that's a good thing to kind of jump off onto for a second. Mm. Voice changing surgery, vocal surgery, Ooh. is very difficult because essentially what they do is they stretch or shorten your vocal cords, but they do that while you are unconscious. Mm -hmm. So you cannot use them. And it's a bit like trying to tune a musical instrument without listening to it. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which is very difficult <laughs> and for every for every good thing that comes out of it you can also get quite a few kind of horror stories you can wake up mute yeah you can wake up mute <laughs> you can wake up sounding like Minnie mouse <laughs> that's that's horrifying yeah yeah it's i, I wouldn't want to wake up sounding like Minnie mouse i wouldn't want to wake up mute right. <laughs> to be that's quite true. honest that's true, yeah <laughs> Um, well, I'd rather wake up sounding like Minnie Mouse than waking up mute. Yeah. yeah. I want my voice, gosh dang it. I want it. it it's a tool that I have to have. Yeah. It, it's Absolutely. definitely an advantage but in a lot of the cases. The thing is, yeah. the thing is, it's it's very interesting because that's a surgery that's very often very much needed because your voice is one of the first things that people listen to or think about when they're trying to determine what your gender is because mm -hmm. everybody tries to determine what your gender is from the moment that they meet you Person. and that's fun yeah but your voice is one of the biggest tells on that um like <laughs> so Sorry. if you're trying so if you're listening to somebody who talks like i do with a rather deep voice even when I try to sound my most feminine, I tend to sound like a, a very stereotypically gay man. Um, you know what's strange is that I never thought you were gay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe well, I just me. don't. I don't. Maybe I just yeah. don't have like a radar or anything. <laughs> yeah. for things because like, what? <laughs> I, really? I I don't. Wow. Well, okay. Now well, I guess well, the, the proper term is gaydar. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't. I don't have a. I don't. I don't have uh, a gay radar. A gaydar. <laughs> that's, the thing is, um, <laughs> that's a weird term to use a lot of the time because it's like um, I've, I've I've had conversations with my friends. We're talking and it's like I picked out another non-binary person at thirty yards across the classroom. I just knew it. And I'm like, is that that's not gaydar? Is it? I don't think that's gaydar. <laughs> How could you tell? And I, the unfortunate thing is that there actually is some kind of like gender role presentation that for some reason we seem to think of each yeah. other as. Reading between the lines. Yeah, almost almost everyone that I've made friends with in the past four years has turned out to be queer in some way. And there you're going to have to jump into, there we kind of have to jump into a little bit the issues on terms. Because I know there are quite a few people who do not like the term gaydar. <laughs> Well, it's, gaydar's are just, a, at this point, gaydar's a pun. <laughs> yeah, gaydar's, gaydar's a pun. And personally, I use it to refer to just finding any non-cis, non-straight individual. Yeah. <laughs> and for which, 
for clarity's sake, when I use the term queer, I realize that in the past it has been used as a derogatory term. But when I use it, I use it to refer to non-cis, non-straight people just out of convenience. Well, do we want to talk about the reclamation of that word? That's yeah. a very important part in history. Oh, definitely. Because uh, one of the things is, if you're looking at terms that are uh, derogatory... Currently, quite a few derogatory terms are being sort of reclaimed by the people groups that they were derogatory terms against. Because it's 2015! <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a variety of reasons. Um, yeah. When we're talking about slur, rec- slur reclamation, the first thing that... Like, the most fundamental thing that we typically say when we ta- start talking about reclaiming slurs, in this case, queer is a slur that's being reclaimed... Um, when we talk about the most typical thing we have to say, first of all, is like you can't reclaim a slur unless it can be used against you or has been in the past used against you in a way that was definitely meant to harm you. And Well, it's, if I follow those rules, okay, I have a pretty that big was, list. <laughs> that was used against you in a way, like... Um, if in it's this, a term case, that is used to describe a basic part of who you are, there we are. <laughs> but if, if you got called, if you if you got, someone called you queer and but you're not technically queer, don't you, you still can't reclaim the word? Yeah, so, no, yeah. You, you don't get that card. Mm. But of course, when we're talking about there's there's a very small part of that that I'm just going to note that I want to talk about how we use the word queer and how we gatekeep that real quick, but not right now. Yeah. <laughs> Reclaiming slurs, in this case, this, this was originally reclaimed by a group of queer activists in, I believe, San Francisco, because we were having, as a community, as an entire mass community, problems saying, like, well, are we, can we include transgender people? Can we, are we including bisexual people in this? Because everything was under the term gay. And yeah. that's still kind of the thing we're talking about, like, the, the terms gay straight alliance is still used a lot for queer support groups and, and these, these gay groups, rights course, movement the is, gay rights movement which, is used as an overarching <laughs> thing for everything from marriage equality worldwide to rights basic human rights for trans people and mm. it's <laughs> technically not supposed to be used that way but is yeah um Anyway, so when we were talking about gay being used as an overarching term, that was kind of a problem that was that was happening at that point in history. And I can't remember the specific year, I'm sorry, but, but it's complicated for me to remember all these things at the same time. <laughs> but it was a thing. I, yeah. And so we decided to reclaim the word queer as a community. And the word queer was originally meant to include everyone who was not cisgender, was not who did not experience same gender attraction. And that's where we come into another issue that's happened in the community recently. And this has really only gotten to the point where we're t- when we're talking about reclaiming slurs. And I don't really want to be involved in this conversation because I myself am not asexual or aromantic. And that's the problem. Hey-o. I am. <laughs> um, but it's fair to talk about because we're talking about reclaiming slurs. Oh, yes. Can you please so- tell the audience the rules of being able to reclaim a slur or a derogatory term, specifically, so they know. We kind of already covered the fact that, like, you can't... The terminology that we use when reclaiming, when talking about reclaiming slurs is really what's gotten us into trouble in this particular case. Because the a lot of people define what the characteristics that you need to re- be able to reclaim the word queer as being you either are not cis, 
If you're not cis, you're queer. Done. Or if you experience same-gender attraction. And attraction is the word we're dealing with. Because <laughs> when this issue becomes a reclaiming issue, it's typically in the asexual community or the aromantic community. And this has really become a kind of an issue of gatekeeping in a way. Um, of, of, in, a, in a lot of ways, just a lot of terminology ways, excluding asexual people and aromantic people from using the word queer because asexual people do not cannot experience sexual sexual attraction at all so can asexual people be included in the queer umbrella because they don't experience quote unquote opposite gender attraction a lot of people say yes a lot of people say no and yeah, and sorry if i can butt in here for a second even more even more beyond that there's uh much more gatekeeping on asexual <laughs> on asexual hetero romantic people yes, and, and uh, heterosexual aromantic people. Yes, I'd like to talk about that real quick because really, um, when people are trying to talk about this issue in, in, a, in a gatekeeping manner, people are saying like, "Well, we can't include these people because this reason." They're not really referring to like, say, asexual people who are homo romantic. Those people, there's no question that those people are queer. Because they're experiencing a form of same gender, same gender attraction. That's automatically queer. But when we're talking about, say, aromantic asexual people, or heterosexual aromantic people, or heteromantic asexual people, these are the people that are kind of being targeted by this kind of gatekeeping. And mm -hmm. it's hard to say who's right or wrong on this, honestly, because on the one hand, really when we're talking about reclaiming slurs, we're talking about like you have to be able, people have to be able to use this word against you but on the other hand queer has been reclaimed to a certain point where it doesn't really mean it doesn't mean same gender attraction or like it doesn't mean you have to like pull out your queer credentials every single time it means yeah. are you a part of this community that we're considering to be other yeah and even beyond that queer has been a term used for asexual and aromantic people as well even and asexual and aromantic people have kind of been considered, at least by cisgender, heterosexual, heteroromantic people as, you know, kind of, they've kind of been lumped in even back to when people were using the term confirmed bachelor <laughs> to refer to gay people, which confirmed bachelor was a term that was used. The secondary F word was a term that was used. <laughs> This is why this issue is it's it's very it's very specific. This is one of those issues where people would not be able to butt in and ask for clarification because it's a, it's an inter-community issue. Yeah. A lot of the argument against including asexual and aromantic people in the umbrella involves the fact that they are in some way or another straight, and that they're not. Wait, and Sorry. wait, please. Sorry. <laughs> straight. When we talk, okay, so. Let's say that we that an asexual homoromantic person wants to call themselves gay. We can of course do that because this person is gay. This person experiences same gender attraction. Boom, done. This person is also automatically queer. However, a lot of the times in this argument people like to say that heterosexual heteromantic asexual people aren't straight. But under that argument then homoromantic asexual people aren't gay. And unfortunately, that's not really something that we can be saying in that sense. We can't be saying that heteromantic asexual people aren't straight because they are. It's just they're not heterosexual. And that typically is the issue that we come up against. Mm -hmm. Because people, 
people who aren't heterosexual, people who don't experience sexual attraction, do face discrimination. They do face prejudice. And there's (laughs) lots of proof of that. And that is one of the main arguments for including these people, because when there is a need for a supportive community for people who experience on some fundamental level discrimination for the way they feel romantic sexual romantic sexual attraction or don't or the way that they experience gender or don't then they need a community there's a need so there really is kind of a need to include asexual and aromantic people in this community it really just comes down to whether or not the word queer can be used and queer is at this point using the word queer is more of a symbol whether or not you have your queer badge, are you queer? Because a lot of people, again, use the queer community to mean LGBTQIA. All of them. A-I- I said I-N-A. Oh, no, there's, it's LGBTQIA-A-I-N-T-P. Letters can stand for more than one thing. and Plus. There's multiple ones. Just I, I know what I meant. And Sorry. I, I'm just <laughs> a, as a whole. And in the, it's in the same way that we can that there's a difference between L, saying LGBT and LGBTQ and LGBTQI and LGBTQIA. There's a difference between each of these things. But when we get to a certain point, like I, I knew what I was definitely meaning. And what I was meaning is, is the inclusion of the A. That was the okay. point I was trying to make. Yeah. I'm not trying to exclude you pansexuals. I think I'm being very clear that I love you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Actually, I, I figure before we before we move on, I should clarify. I am asexual. I do not experience sexual attraction, but I will probably also talk over the course of this podcast about me experiencing attraction because I do experience romantic attraction. I am panromantic. There we are. Which, romantic attraction is very, very different from sexual attraction. Yes. Ugh, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> LGBTQQIAAP. That's fair. Something like that. And that's, I was like, fair, I saw some other ones, and I'm like, uh, I kind of like this one. Oh, God, whatever you do, don't don't use Mogai. God. That's Mogai. Mogai was marginalized and... What the hell? I don't remember. That sounds bad already. and... Something. Oh, I've seen. I that. can't remember specifically what it was, but I do remember that it includes pedophiles. So we're not. We're not Whoa. using that. Whoa. Oh yeah, it's it, it. was a terrible term, and it was used to refer to. It had something to do with people who are not liked, and I, I can't. It was. It was something about marginalized orientations. Yeah, and it it was used and created by people who included uh, pedophilia as one of those marginalized orientations. So it is not a term that is used. That's not an orientation. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's really uncomfortable that we even ha- can have the conversation at this point with like people legitimately defending <coughs> the opposite side of this discussion, saying like, oh, well, like such and such reason. For such and such reason, pe- reason pedophiles are discriminated against. Is that yeah, yeah? You're discriminated against because you target children. Uh, with They're your discriminated design. against because they deserve to be discriminated against. I feel like this deserves its own section. So we'll come talk about this some other time. Mm. Have you seen the new things in Germany where there are now there is now help for pedophiles or who experience extreme attraction towards youth, and they can get counseling mm. to find ways to work around it. 
You see, that is a fair reaction to pedophilia. I know, and I saw that. I'm like, oh, wait, does this mean I don't have to hate people now? <laughs> well, <laughs> when uh. when we talk about pedophilia, it, it's ah, it really stems into a whole series of issues regarding... Well, I mean, we assume you. that pedophiles are going to act on every urge they have. Yeah, I mean, it's no. it's been conditioned that way through media mm-hmm. and movies. Man, I can tell you how many times there's, like, pedophilia in movies, mm-hmm. and it's stressed that all pedophiles are, like, these old beer gut get, uh, guys who mm-hmm. want to, like, jump on nine-year-olds and stuff like that. And it's just, it's, like... It's thing. not just... It was, uh, there's... It's glorified in a lot of cases. Yeah. when we're talking about what... Wait, wait, let's talk about the, fem- the sexualization of the female body. Quote, unquote. Oh, yeah. Quote, unquote. <laughs> What's a spe- there's a very specific film I'm thinking of right now. It's not Lolita, although I do... Need to mention, Lolita is a prime example of this. It was, um, is American Beauty? I don't know. I know. Remember, we covered that in that film course. I... Very briefly. <laughs> I do not like Nabokov, and I, I do not like the fact that he is considered to be one of the great authors. I mean, I, I kind of understand it, because Lolita was not intended... It was intended to be, in a, in a sense somewhat satire because mm-hmm. it goes to the point of just complete extremes of something so horrible that but I know people who have read that book and have thought that it was a love story which is horrifying because it's a 40-year-old man and a 9 to 12-year-old girl. This specific book is problematic in the sense not that oh, the way its intention the way it was intended to be written necessarily, and that really is, in a lot of cases, an issue that's up to debate for literature majors and such. This is a this is a big topic of discussion a lot of, in a lot of times. This book in itself is problematic because people read it and it's normalized. Now, this has become something that they now are familiar with and have some sort of sense that it's acceptable mm-hmm. because it's this glorified book that like ever, almost everyone knows exists and is one of the great books ever written and really it's just a major part of a much larger system of the sexualization of young girls Mm -hmm. and that's something that's hard to talk about in a lot of senses because it's it's something that's so ingrained into our into our understanding of society the the idea that it's it's attractive for a woman to be thin and hairless and young looking and there's an entire subgenre of pornography that caters to the fetish of pedophilia that, that this is just an accepted part of our lives it's the part that makes me want to kill myself all the time <laughs> when, when will i die when will i leave this earth that's pretty um, much that's like my <laughs> motto or <laughs> my repeated mantra but um, <laughs> But we can't leave the earth, so we have to deal with it. Gosh, dang it, don't shatter my dreams. (laughs) You can't leave the earth, I'm sorry. Um, Uh. You have to deal with things as they exist because abandoning is just as bad. Um, Which is the only thing that keeps me on the the tightrope. Anyways. (laughs) In my eyes, indisposed, in disguise is no one. Hides the face, lies the snake and the sun In my disgrace, boiling heat 
summer's stench Neath the black the sky looks dead Call my name through the cream And I'll hear you scream again Black hole sun, won't you come Stuttering, cold and damp, still the warm wind, tired friend. Times are gone for honest men, and sometimes far too long for snakes. In my shoes, walking sleep, and my youth I pray to keep. Heaven sent hell away. No one sings like you anymore. Black hole sun, won't you come and wash away the rain? Black hole sun, won't you come? Won't you come? Black hole sun, won't you come and wash away the rain? Black hole sun, won't you come, won't you come? Black hole sun, black hole sun, won't you come? like Lolita in this in the films like well yeah films like Lolita and books like Lolita and the the fact that we know that there's this subgenre of pornography and there's this entire group of, of people who are this is their kink then this is we as a society can condemn like okay pedophilia is wrong we can typically as a society like say that without a whole hell of a lot of backlash oh yeah however when there are actual cases of pedophilia and this can include young women, this can include young men, this is, can include young gender-divergent people. It doesn't matter, because they're kids. It really does not matter. You victimize the child. That is the end of your position in society. You have harmed someone. <laughs> um, yeah. Really, there shouldn't be any debate. But as soon as these kind of, these kind of things happen, that there's, there's an understanding as part of a community that someone has committed an act of pedophilia, there's often a lot of denial. And there's a lot of people who want to defend that person because they know yeah. that person. They feel protective of that person. So when we can con condemn as a society pedophilia, but then as soon as we have an instance of it, we can try and move away from it. We can try to ignore it. We can try to say that that probably wasn't what happened. We can try to deny the experiences of traumatized children. Then we oh. have a problem. And... If I may, even beyond that, uh, something else that happens is that quite often these people are, even if it's not denied, 
these people are excused. Absolutely. And it said, no, no, it was okay. The And that goes into an entirely, uh, that goes into a conversation that I feel would be much better suited for another episode, because this mm. episode is supposed to be focused on LGBT issues, and that would be an episode on a much different and much darker topic, which does have some tie-ins to LGBT issues because it is something that uh, does happen to LGBT individuals. Um, but I, I feel as if it would be better covered in another video. We're almost obligated to talk about it in some senses, although, though, because true, there is this, there's of course a stigma that uh, especially gay men are stigmatized as being pedophiles and there's really no reason for that. But mm -hmm. because of the victimization of young boys by grown men, that's where that yeah. stigma kind of comes from, despite the fact that there's almost an, there's basically an equal amount of people who victimize like men who victimize young girls. Yeah. There isn't a, a actual basis for that stigma. So that's why it's kind of inappropriate to make jokes about like um, there was something going around when um, the rainbow filters were on Facebook that like someone someone made some kind of like fake Uber facts thing that oh. was like did you know local law now requires that pedophiles have a rainbow filter over their Facebook photo which is not to mention what the hell completely inappropriate humor that's it's just absolutely inappropriate I'd it, curse but I don't have the strength to <laughs> It's it's not only completely inappropriate humor because you're making light of pedophilia, it's also completely inappropriate because it's in some ways perpetuating the idea that gay people, especially gay men, are pedophiles. I wow. believe that that was the author's intention. It was being shared a lot by people who were like thinking of it as a joke. And I do I, I got involved in a discussion about that at the time because I was very angry. That people mm. I knew were making this kind of humor. I'd be like, pissed what off if is I saw wrong that. with you? Why do you think this is funny? I would have been pissed oh, off. Oh, absolutely. It's like, on the one hand, it's just like, I can't believe this freaking happened, and I'm very upset, and I'm going to get in a fight, but it's, and I, I'm so insulted that I even know you. But then on the other hand, I'm like, wow, I'm so glad that this thing happened, so I know how to take out the trash now. <laughs> yeah, but... Let's take now, out the trash. I Before we that. get much further, what I was what I was going mm. to say is this definitely leads into a discussion about uh, forced sexual encounters. Yes, absolutely. And this is an that issue was why that. I was saying it's probably much better if we leave uh, the larger discussion on that for another episode. Yes, I have no intention of going yeah. into the larger issue of CSA. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to cover up in the terms of an advice for transgender individuals or? Actually, I did when reviewing our, um, our recordings from last week, notice that I said I was going to talk about Leela Alcorn and then I didn't. And I'm still kind of like, self, you should have done that. Okay, well, we can, we can quickly, uh, we yeah. can probably quickly yeah. talk about Leela Alcorn. Talk about, mm -hmm. well, not quick, but let's focus on Leela Alcorn and then I also, let's wrap up with a happy message, for goodness sakes. <laughs> Let's try um, to make it gets that. better. Yeah. Can we not with let's get better? Yeah, oh that, my that's, god. It gets better. Yes, but yeah. that uh it's it associated with that particular it seems group and like Tracy was said, it seems disingenuous as well. <laughs> yeah. This is so many people have told me that 
in random times and random places, and it's just like, why do I find that so offensive? It's my favorite. It's, it feels it's condescending. Yes. Because like, yeah. saying that, like, saying it gets better, it feels condescending because you're saying it's like, whatever you're feeling in the present doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, thanks for nothing. Thanks for absolutely nothing. Bye bye now, Dan Savage. <laughs> Because so earlier in the earlier in the sessions uh, from last week, I did at some point mention that I that I would talk about Leela Alcorn, and this up till now I have not talked about Leela Alcorn, and I feel kind of obligated to talk about her now, especially considering that I'm like I, I was sort of advertising uh, the Lost Generation earlier because that was one of my major theses that I, I've ever written about, and just in fairness to Leela and everything that happened to her and around her. She is an important part of, of queer history, and especially transgender history. Mm. Leela Alcorn was a young transgender girl, and she committed suicide. That normally is the end of the story for young transgender people who commit suicide, and that's really unfortunate because, as many people know, but maybe also many people don't know, that the rate of suicide in the transgender community, especially among youth, is incredibly high. It's nearly half for among youth, and that makes Leela sort of a statistic. But the difference between what happened with Leela and what happened with everyone else who died before and after her is that Leela made a suicide note. She wrote a suicide note to be posted after her death on her blog, and in her suicide note, she spoke out against what happened in her family from her parents, at her school, with her personally, and she more or less stated that she killed herself because her family did not accept her, and she didn't feel as she had a future. And she wanted her death to be a message that this can't be allowed to happen anymore. Leela also spoke about how she went through conversion therapy, not transgender conversion therapy, but gay conversion therapy, because her family not only denied her gender identity, they also thought that she was possibly gay. <laughs> and that is something that happens to transgender people a lot. So, <laughs> really, what happened with Leela could have ended there, except her suicide note went viral. Everything that happened to her, everything that happened around her, her entire family now was in the spotlight for a long period of months. Leela kind of became, in some sense, a, mar a martyr for the transgender youth community of what was happening to transgender youth, of what could happen to transgender youth, about what could happen to your child if you have a transgender child. Your child can be Leela Alcorn if you don't treat your child with the respect that they need as a transgender person. So there was, of course, a large period of public outcry, including, for once in his life, an actual s sign of support from Dan Savage, which I only feel obligated to mention because I threw shade at him earlier. So like, congratulations, Dan Savage, you occasionally do things right. <sighs> really, when we talk about Leela now, we're talking about conversion therapy, because that was what happened to her, and that was what everyone in the wake of her death decided, like, the best thing we could possibly do in the wake of Leela Alcorn's death would be to ban one of the most traumatic things that happened to her. Because for some reason, conversion therapy is legal. 
And I do believe you mentioned that earlier, but we just need to really emphasize that, that that's an incredibly traumatizing experience and it is legal to perform on any minor without their consent. Yeah. Uh. So, really... It's a form of legal torture. It is. it is. It is a form of legal torture because it's psychological torture. Sometimes it's physical torture. And what happened to Leela can never happen again morally. We as a society cannot say that it is acceptable for a child to go through this kind of traumatic experience and kill themselves as a result. Because that's what happens to transgender youth. We can't deal with the situations we're in because they're so awful and there's no hope and there's no light and it doesn't really always get better because transgender youth not only have to go through their first like going through the first 18 years of their life sometimes with like with being denied by their families and being abused by their families going through conversion therapies against their will these these things can happen these things do happen and then well, people always, people are t- sometimes telling these kids, like, well, everything's going to be better when you're 18. Everything's going to be over. You can move out. These people, transgender people can't do that all the time. People can't, es- no one can escape that. People in abusive situations are not always free to escape them. And in this case, when we're talking about transgender people, these people, even if they escape this kind of abusive situation at home, are going in- out into society that is still awful, that will still treat them like crap, that will still abuse them, can kill them. You can get murdered just because of who you are. And that's not an exclusive issue to the transgender community, but this is what we're talking about right now in this moment, because sometimes it does not get better. When we're in that kind of situation, when people are in this situation, especially as young teenagers, Suicide is what happens, and that's not acceptable. That's not a situation where we cannot do anything when we have the power to do something that can help. Banning transgender conversion therapy would be one of the greatest things that could come of Leela Alcorn's death, and it hasn't happened. Yeah. It's almost been a year. Yeah. And by my memory, um, the statistic is... About half of all transgender youth will attempt suicide before their 20th birthday. Absolutely. And that's absolutely um, horrible. It's socially unacceptable. It's not something we as a society can say is okay. And it's not, it's not a victim-blaming kind of situation where we're saying, like, well... People just shouldn't commit suicide. No, that's not how suicide works. There, there, I mean, there are a variety of, of factors that tie into whether or not someone is a suicide risk. But at this point, being transgender is a massive risk just because you are transgender. And it's not the fact that you are transgender. It's the fact that because you are transgender, people are treating you yeah. differently. It's the way that it's the way that society treats you that um, that drives you to that sort of. Uh, thought process, um, which is not good, definitely. And if you if you look into the future, at, at the very least in years past, um, many transgender youth have not had anyone to look up to. They've not had anybody that they could see in popular media. They've not had any representation. They they don't know what life is going to be after 
after high school and they think it's going to be the same. And it's definitely not perfect after high school. Definitely. Definitely not. <laughs> but once you're no longer... If you have parents who are anti-transgender, uh, once you're out of their house, it can get a lot better and a lot easier. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think it is a message we need to like be sending at this point, is even, even if things don't always get perfect, and even and if, as a society, they... we're not... We're not building a situation where we can, where people can feel completely comfortable leaving their home lives. Yeah, and it it, it won't, it will not get perfect, but it it will improve. <laughs> it's definitely, and that's not to say that what you're feeling now doesn't matter because it absolutely does, but. It will improve because it really, it, it has to, um, you just, you just need to find people who, uh, support you and that can be really difficult. Maybe you won't be able to find them in high school, but you will be able to find them in college. You will be able to find them once you're outside of college, you will be able to live as who you are, not as who other people see you. And it's getting better in the outside world, definitely. In the interest of, of ending on a, on a happy note, and, and, uh, and of course, getting better is a really happy note, honestly. Yeah. It, it's, it's, what can, it, it's what can keep you alive in a lot of cases. But when just... To follow up on uh, conversion therapy and such, um, I would like to mention that in the wake of the Leela Alcorn's death, there has there have been, even though we cannot at this point on a statewide level ban conversion therapy across, like, there are, I believe, two states that have banned conversion therapy. Here in Washington, there is now a ban on foster children and wards of the state in general who are youth, who are transgender or gay going into conversion therapy. It's no longer legal. And if you at any point are find your, find yourself as a ward of the state in Washington state, you will never go into conversion therapy. That you are now safe in that sense. And this is really due to the work of several activists, including people from Stonewall Youth in Olympia. They're amazing people. Oh yeah. They've done great work. They're a great community resource, not only for Olympia, but throughout the state and really I think things are improving, especially here and across this across the country, and hopefully across the world. And in I can say they're <laughs> definitely there. It's definitely improving up in uh, up in Canada. Our resident Canadian. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's it's it it is definitely improving up in Canada, and it's. Thankfully, with the way that Canada works, uh, it's improving kind of across the board rather than, I mean, it is improving province by province, but in many ways it's improving kind of across the board. Uh, I believe the sort of uh, bathroom bills have been struck down, the ones that uh, uh, the former prime minister was attempting to kind of push through. Those were 
Yeah. Yeah. And those still go on in the United States. Bathroom bills being um, laws that don't allow transgender people to use the proper public restrooms, which leads to massive amounts of violence, which is... We were going to end on a happy note. Let's we were. M- and... <laughs> Maybe it's, it's so difficult to talk about things that are that aren't going downhill. <laughs> yeah. Laverne Cox is amazing. There's our, there's our happy note. There's our happy say, note. Yeah. Laverne Cox, goddess on earth. I was gonna say that too. Okay. I didn't want to jump yeah. the gun, but yeah, she's. <laughs> and that's actually that's a prime example of uh, transgender representation in the media. She's a trans woman who. Is a very, very famous actress now. And that's absolutely amazing because that means that transgender girls have someone to, you know, someone that they can see in the media who is, who's like them and they can know that, no, they're not, there's nothing wrong with them for being trans. That's really the role of representation is normalization. At this yeah, point. It's, it's that it's so that you know that there is nothing wrong with you. You are who you are, and nobody can change that. And that's amazing. That's amazing. You are amazing. You are amazing. You are amazing. Tracy and I would like to posit that not all pedophiles are molesters. There is a difference between those who act on their urges and those who do not. And we hope to cover that another time. Anne Boudois, Cosmo Cavanaugh, Kyle Mitchell, Tracy Metcalf, and our featured guest, Klaus McKendry, poured our hearts, or what's left of them, into these recordings for you. So take your sweet time in savoring them. Send your questions, comments, or contributions to geometricoctopus at gmail.com. If you have any personal stories on gender and sexuality, any at all, please share them with us. Now go away. But not permanently. Fine, fine. So come back for our next episode where we tear each other apart with pitchforks. Yay! Thanks for listening. Won't you come? Black hole sun, won't you come? And wash away the rain. Black hole sun, won't you come? Won't you come? Black hole sun, black hole sun. Won't you come? Black hole sun, black hole sun. Won't you come? Black hole sun, black hole sun. Won't you come?